0: All right, so here we are with, uh, man, it's been uh, a crazy, crazy weekend. I was wanting to get the recording done earlier, but definitely worth waiting. Even if we're not going to do a long show, we've got way more than uh, we could ever want to cover. So we'll start out with the uh, the hot hotness of news, and that's uh, that's the uh, the lemon the lemon got the squeeze over at uh, CNN.
1: Uh, bad things happening to him is funny.
0: It is. That's true. That is absolutely (laughs) true. He is. He is. And, you know, we can take some pleasure in the fact that, you know, he's kind of screwed himself, honestly, because uh, the initial statement was put out by Don Lemon. That was that... uh, Oh, this doesn't have the images anymore? Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, anyway, the initial... um, tweet was put up by Don Lemon basically saying along the lines of, hey, well, I see I'm going to get fired, and, you know, it's been a great time working with everybody. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, um, yeah, you know. Uh, no homo, as it were. Anyway, so the uh, follow-up from that came from CNN, and that was, well, we were actually wanting to uh, just uh, just discuss some things with Don, and well, as you were telling me right before we came on here, they were uh, just gonna. They were gonna not renew his contract. Which okay, fair enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, they might have had alterations they wanted to do, or some other stuff they needed to discuss, or some other new terms, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, someone jumped the shark there, and oops.
0: Sure enough. Sure enough.
1: Although I do hear that with uh, the other side of things, the Tucker side, that came down from Murdoch himself, which.
0: I have heard that as well, but uh, we'll get to that one in just a second, because there's something that happened uh, just uh, just last week. Do I have a date on this? Let's see here. The interview was last week with Vivek Ramaswamy, and it was pretty adversarial. You could uh, you could definitely say. Let me fix that, my jigger. There we go. Well, it looks better. All right. So, what happened there? He um he basically took him to task cuz uh Vivek was like, you know, black men that had been recently freed right after the uh right after the Civil War, you know, they held and defended their rights because of the uh, second amendment, which is true. Now, very quickly thereafter in a pretty short order, the uh, standing and rights of blacks in America changed uh, kind of a lot. And quickly and and then you hide your whole Jim Crow thing. But that's uh well, you know, it's easy to do that with a disarmed well, populace. You
1: know, it's a historic embarrassment, but it's not like any of us were alive at the time.
0: Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. From uh, from what I understand, my people have only been brutalized and, you know, helped out in you know, avoiding the brutalization of others. But hey, you know, that's me. Anyway, uh in this uh don lemon was having this fairly heated exchange with Vivek and uh seems like his uh our producers come on the earpiece and they're like uh telling him something and he tells them that he can't hear the guest while they're talking and that's not how that works you uh you shut the fuck up and you let your co-host talk while whatever they're trying to tell you, they tell you because you're fucking up, and uh old Dontie boy, you fucked up a lot of times, so maybe now was not the best choice, and uh it wasn't so yeah it uh it seems that maybe he won't just be mm, getting an unrenewed contract it seems that he might uh he might even get walked out the door, and uh well, I guess that'd be hilarious. Uh. And uh, well-deserved. Good job, Don. You've earned wow. it. Now then, the other part of the news, and that is Tucker is out. And that one, that one's very interesting because we're hearing a number of different things about it. The one immediately being, like you said, it came from the top. But there's there's been a concerted effort to get rid of Tucker of late. Uh, you know, going oh, yeah. against his uh, advertisers. Right, you know,
1: there's AOC. Being a yeah, literally
0: calling for his arrest. There is that.
1: Yeah, she uh, She needs to be out of office for that kind of shit. There's just no excuse.
0: Yeah, that's that is above and beyond. As much dumb shit as Donald Trump might have said about the fake news and arresting these people he never called out any journalists by name or you uh, know let's
1: go ahead and amend that one I'm
0: did he not? Did. Rosie O'Donnell doesn't count now <laughs> uh, nah but you might be right he, he very well he might have but did. but either way he didn't actually try to press forward with presenting walls to do that it at all. I mean yeah, I mean, more often than not, he didn't do shit about it. That's kind of
1: that's <laughs> kind of defining his presidency. Yeah,
0: yeah, it certainly fucking was. Anyway, yeah, there's uh, there's that angle. There's the uh, recent was it PBS that uh, put out the January sixth documentary, or not the January sixth? Sorry, the Ray Epps documentary. Just the past few days. Uh, I do not recall. Or it was either like it was either PBS or CBS. Either way they put this out and it basically uh, paints this uh, Ray Epps character as he is definitely not a fed and he definitely incited violence on January 6th. According to every metric that every person that seems to care about that shit goes by and being that he's not a fed and he's definitely done all these crimes and is on video doing so. And then, in the interviews, confesses to having done this, and then confesses also to having boasted to a family member about being responsible for some of these things. Uh, he doesn't really go into much detail about that uh, about that boast that he made, or you know its veracity. But he certainly uh, he certainly was on the FBI's most wanted list, and then he wasn't, which, in my understanding of things is not exactly the easiest ask. Oh, that ain't normal. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird for somebody to just kind of be, uh, ways
1: off that list typically are being an informant, getting arrested or being dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it just generally kind of works out that way. So a little peculiar. So we have this, uh, we have this non-fed who has confessed to these crimes, is in video of doing these crimes, and has been removed from the FBI's most wanted list and then we have the media running interference for intelligence as usual and this is all supposed to assuage all of our feelings of something being fucky
1: yeah not in the slightest
0: right so it was um, well tonight Tucker was going to be uh, tearing into that so that's another one. So it uh it seems like there's a um, kind of a mountain of shit piling up on Tucker's shoulders. And it was just well, we uh we can just go ahead and get rid of him because we've also heard some things like some people from Dominion were very upset by the fact that he's still there.
1: Oh, that's so here's the thing, if I was going to go ahead and point to one thing that like led to them being upset with him, that's probably going to be the big one. Um, Dominion, you know, they settled with Fox for, for what, like a uh, fuck ton of money. So
0: 700 some million, I think.
1: Yeah. That's they, they settled for them for, uh, for an about
0: asinine seven, sum of money
1: for about seven of, uh, the settlements that little kid got from CNN.
0: And, you know, I, uh, I have to say that's, um, Truly cowardless, or true true cowardice. They should have uh, they should have fought it, but you know, Fox News isn't there to fight. They're there to present a narrative, because that's what they do.
1: Well, I mean, the fact that people thought they were any different from CNN is kind of already the problem.
0: Well, they are different from CNN. You know, you've got heads and tails. You know, that's two sides of a coin, sir. You can't have a coin without two sides.
1: Yeah, you can flip a nickel and it has a reasonable chance of landing on its side.
0: Hmm, that's true. That's true. The rim rather. It's uh, it is a possibility, however unlikely. So uh, yeah, I guess that's the that's the biggest big news that we it's like a five percent chance. Really, kind of need to touch on right away. The other yeah, there's this uh, this uh, lady Abby Grossberg that has said that. Uh, everything is terrible at the uh, work environment at Fox News and Uh, whatever so it's probably all bullshit and probably just another one of those plants that ended up somewhere and was uh, doing what they do to try and tear down institutions that work against I don't know uh, the vague degradation of America and the West in general or something like that (sighs) anyway Beyond that,
1: the oldest profession.
0: we've um, we've got some other breaking news. Unfortunately, I can't. Uh, I have looked and looked to get more data on this, and it just doesn't seem like it's there yet. It seems like this is kind of a backdoorsy kind of thing at the moment. But that is, we're hearing that um, there's moves to get Russia back in swift. What the fuck did we say? What do we say, Craig? Uh, that this was a monumentally foolish move.
1: Uh, it's catastrophically stupid. I think was what I was thinking really hard.
0: Like I, I, they uh, they shot their biggest gun, and now they're wanting to unshoot it. Like doesn't work. You're, you're not you are not going to un yuan the fucking Petro yuan. You're not going to unruble the petro-ruble. It's just a fucking thing now. You're not going to undo bricks. You fucking idiots. You're fucking Puppet Lula. You're fucking precious pet that you installed in Brazil. Even he sees the writing on the wall and is like, "Ah, Yeah, I know you put me in, but I'm going with them anyway. Fuck you.
1: So, so the deal here is, there's BRICS Plus and OPEC Plus. There's like 23 new member countries that want it, that are gonna apply for BRICS Plus now. And OPEC Plus has always just been the, the little band of uh, assholes that it is. But the, so the thing is that uh, both organizations are interested in in generating their own uh, reserve currencies, and BRICS Plus is going to be able to do it and OPEC Plus is probably going to end up um, just financially backing BRICS Plus to uh, make it happen. And this is something that China is interested in, and Russia already has its own thing, but it's potentially interested as well. And And should
0: I also uh, just pause you for a quick second to mention that there are movements now being done. It is in process for the ruble to be gold-backed.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's already already underway.
0: Like in a few years' time, there will be a gold-backed Petro Ruble. What the fuck does our fiat currency hold? To that
1: so like I mean, if you look at the the inflation curve since we went off gold, uh, since we off gold standard, I'm sorry, any metal standard, it's it's ridiculous. Um,
0: it's breathtaking and nauseating.
1: It's not going to recover. In fact, what will happen eventually if we do try to avoid an economic collapse and we come up with you know some new dollar that we want to go ahead and and run to? Oh, I've got a great uh,
0: idea. We it, could be one. Uh, we could do a digital one through the central bank.
1: No, no, no. So here's here's what I'm saying is if so, this is something that Venezuela did. It's something that uh, Zimbabwe tried to do and then failed twice at doing. Um, if we attempt to issue a new reserve currency, and it is slow-blown or however the fuck they want to do it, doesn't matter. The end result is the exact same. Uh, the people holding dollars at the end get fucked uh, completely. It's it becomes it's a it's not even a Ponzi. It's just a collapse of a currency and. You end up be, if, if you're the holder at the end, nobody wants to accept your your dollars. You know if we come up with a new American dollar to replace the old American dollar, and it doesn't matter how it's, how it's uh, accounted, you know the whole central bank, digital currency thing, whatever, it doesn't matter. But what does matter here is that if they don't try to slide that kind of shit in, they just go directly for let's do an outright replacement. The issue is that you will have it's like a run on the bank except there's no bank. If you hold dollars at that point, you lose, period. So uh, this idea that um, we can overcome inflation or any of these other measures by digitizing our central currency, uh, even though it's already digital. So the idea that uh, um, a central bank digital currency, a CBDC... Yeah. Is, we'll,
0: we'll make your fiat currency even more fiat. Yay, thanks, guys.
1: Like it's oh, It doesn't matter. So it, all, So here's the thing. The vast majority of dollars are on an Excel spreadsheet. All a CBDC does is make those digital dollars um, more relevant. It just it it doesn't really actually do anything to a paper dollars. And you have to understand that the vast majority of transactions today are performed digitally, and all of the worries that people hand wring about with a CBDC are already a problem now. They've been a problem since digital banking became a thing, you know, this problem, if you will, began back in the 80s, 70s, really but like in the 80s when it really took off uh, for the um, the way they, they do wiring um, and the way they do spreadsheets, the way the uh, the Fed does spreadsheets and the US Treasury does spreadsheets like this. This as a, a phenomena, digital banking, like it's it's only that it's encroached so far into your personal life that it's even become noticeable. This has been an issue the entire fucking time, and to throw up your arms and scream now misses the point. And that is that it's it's not the currency being digital that's the issue so much as it's the inability to use the cash. And I know that's that seems like a, a odd distinction. And it's not really a fine distinction either. There's a pretty wide line on that one, a pretty wide red line, if you will. The fact is that $600 that the the, the IRS cares about right now could easily be zero because all they have to do is just subpoena the bank records if they really feel like it. So the fact that they're not automating that right now is largely a matter of scaling. And that's just a matter of funding as far as the government's concerned. But because the government's um, capable of writing its own checks and never fucking filling them, uh, that really doesn't matter to them. So the thing we're concerned with on the CBDCs is when they try to get rid of cash. You know, the whole cashless society thing, that whole idea, it's, it's got enough traction to it out of a certain appeal, but at the same time, they're not going to be able to convince everybody right away.
0: Well, there's still people that don't have a real ID,
1: like right? No, that's the thing is is you have to understand that when government talks about these things, and, and people kind of intuitively know this when it comes to a problem that they want to have solved. Um, but when it comes to someone else's problem getting solved, and they have to figure out where they sit inside the uh, inside uh, the the bullseye here, government solutions are like uh, one size fits ninety five percent band-aid except that unlike a band-aid that fits an entire wound occasionally um they make sure that it fits 95 percent of all wounds so it doesn't actually do the job for anybody that's government which you know there are certain things government needs to do there's certain things government should just fuck off for and
0: you know i was going to just flat out disagree with you but we are talking about government in concept after all not not specifically the current government in We're not case. talking about
1: specific practice here. We're talking about, but, like, that was that, that was a, a normative claim, yes. Yeah,
0: Not. no, we couldn't compare the current administration to anything uh, remotely similar to a bandage, more like a pillow held over a loved one. Well,
1: again, again, 95%. You're still getting about 5% of the year.
0: <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> here you go. That's...
1: It's, it is a government solution, after all. It
0: it is that it is truly that. You only
1: have that. three, sig with the government. You want six? You're going to have to go to private sector.
0: Mm. Fair enough. So, fair but, enough. Yeah,
1: the, the point here is that the the digital currency isn't really so much the issue, um, and and you can see how it's great in other circumstances. There's obviously going to be candy or you know the carrot they're going to dangle in front of you to try and get you to go along with it. Just so there's plenty of advantages and those advantages, again, just like the disadvantages I mentioned already, are already present with current digital dollars. So this idea that you have to go ahead and, and do something new to do the exact same thing you've already done, again, for about 40 years is kind of, it's it's silly. So I mean the, the, the fact remains that you have. So just to pull it back a little bit here you have uh, people like Janet Yellen who has failed her way up to be the leader of the uh, US Treasury and then you have her son um, so she she's very much against cryptocurrencies except her sons which are the ones that are the uh, two or three proposals he submitted um, huh. to be the uh, the central bank digital currency for the United States
0: on on so, merit entirely of course it, right. it's nothing to do with it's family relation
1: that or uh, you know, or, or the fact that that he's also a serial fuck up like his mother. You don't um, say. Oh. Yeah, you don't say. Huh. Um, it's not a total rip off of, of uh, digital currencies that already exist. But you know, so this this um, the for instance the uh, the DEI and uh, uh, G, um, ESG score kind of stuff. This is all attempts to put constraints. These are the same kind of constraints you'd get with a CBDC. And the fact that they're using them, uh, banks are using them um, to constrain businesses into certain practices, um, arbitrarily, mind you, uh, there's, there's no actual fucking metric that they use. Uh, what they'll do is they'll go to a certification company or to a, a third party um, think tank and they'll say, okay, go ahead. And, and you we have these standards that you've drawn up for us already. How well does this company meet these standards that you have drawn up for us? Um, and then they'll give a score and there's nothing like the when they say industry standardized for this kind of stuff they mean is somebody went that looks about right and then the rest of them went yeah okay Mm -hmm. i guess so and and then they maybe nudged it back and forth away from whatever set point that was so the idea so these these scores are already in place they're already being used um there's the thought that maybe this will be somehow used at the personal level well, <laughs> well they actually kind of that we
0: uh, we did see that with the uh, with the addition of uh, firearms related transactions and firearms markers for stores they right. were being rolled out until there was uh, pretty much a uh, governmental backlash from the uh, the places that are red and said no you're not oh. going to do that
1: you might consider that the people that were blue were kind of uh, they're, they're caught in a corner here because the one side, they wanted to look good for their voters, so they probably said something, but then they probably did nothing. Um, they are pinched by this in the exact same way because then federal transactions that get categorized in the same manner. And then you'd be able to start seeing some very interesting things about every single other government agency that sits on the record you'll be able to see how much, how many firearms they're purchasing, how many bullets they're purchasing, et cetera. And while that is already a matter of public record as far as general inventory goes, not all of the financial side of that is necessarily going to be publicized in that kind of a manner. So having that kind of specificity, I mean, in general, that's a good thing. I'd much rather have the government be forced to tell us everything that they're doing just, yeah,
0: I suppose given the option. You know, better to know than not.
1: Yeah. <throat> Excuse <clears throat> <So, clears> me. <throat> it's like I, I mean so this, the CBDC thing um, it's I think it's just putting a label on an old problem and then giving it a new face. Um and you know, the face is always revolving. It's always going to be the same people that are going to be the problem, which is going to be the, the treasury pushing for less privacy for citizens. Um, because the IRS is upset that it doesn't get every single nickel and dime you have. And yeah, and of, course, of course, they of 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 need
0: that, the, they need that $600 transaction limit and 80,000 new agents to go after the 1%, don't you?
1: Know? My favorite part of that limit, and that, by the way, limits you to uh, to $50 transactions across all 12 months, as that's in the calendar year. Uh, my favorite part of that one is all of the, uh, all of the only whores are uh, are now all becoming libertarian all of a sudden
0: isn't it funny how yeah. that works out
1: that's spooky yeah
0: yeah taxation wasn't theft until it uh, until you found out that it was theft huh and it funny now, how that you know, works? not
1: that all of them were not that all of them were you know uh, socialists in any other capacity to start with a lot of them you'd find have a fairly libertarian attitude in general considering they consider their bodies to be their property to, which, to with which they will which is basically the fundamentals of capitalism. Um, you know, the socialist idea that there's a difference between personal and private property uh. Uh, it doesn't doesn't really fly well when you start to put it into uh, praxis. Fucking assholes with their bullshit words.
0: Oh, uh, speaking of assholes, too, we should just go ahead and quickly mention that, uh, as of recording, Fox News Corp has lost about almost a billion dollars in valuation.
1: Now, you know what's interesting about that? What has CNN lost? Everything? No.
0: Oh, you mean over Don Lemon. No, they've gained credibility. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: Interesting, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is. It is. <sighs> but yeah, like you were saying, uh, 19 new countries looking to join BRICS.
1: Yeah, that's that's the number. It was 20-some-odd last I checked, but that, my guess was that some have dropped their application or didn't care, or maybe the number was wrong. And
0: I'll include a uh, a link to the it's CNN communication it. director as well. And their specific, I should read their specific statement on that, by the way. It was, Don Lemon's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. Damn, bro. Damn.
1: That is really stupid.
0: <laughs> like, you are think... you are not a smart man.
1: <laughs> One thing Twitter has done, which is beautiful, is crushed journalism in a way that it would never saw coming. Truly. And and it's, <laughs> it's like <laughs> these these kind of personalities do not do well. It used to be they'd have to go to the trouble. Of finding a, a competing or or uh, independent publication to uh, push a story like that, you know, maybe take out an ad in a paper. It used to be it had to be that kind of retard to uh, to misread management like that in such a ridiculous manner.
0: After after having literally called them out, uh, you know, just just the prior week on your show, like, hey guys. I'm busy. I can't talk to you right now. I'm doing my show. Like uh, brother. I think you've, I think you crossed the line. I think you did. Oh, speaking of crossing the line, uh, like I had said before we got on the air, it's not really something all that worthwhile to cover since it is being so just covered in depth everywhere, but, uh, yep. Bud light and, uh, and, um, on one. you know, the, uh, the woman impersonator, you know, it's, not working out too well for them.
1: Yeah, so there's more to it than that.
0: Oh, there's, uh, there's quite a bit. Yeah, they've got uh, two people that have been... Um, we're hearing fired. We're also hearing that they've taken a so, leave of, of absence. So the
1: lady's taking a leave of absence. Uh, Heiner Scheid just taken a leave of absence. And... There's been a couple more leaves of absences, and what's the the inside word is that uh, all hell's breaking loose as far as the marketing staff. Anybody who's ever had anything to do with uh, uh, hiring Dildo Main is is uh, getting fired or getting getting shuffled into a place where they're not going to be happy, like that. Um, That's a start. So yeah, there's, it's basically, there's they, they're still either, something
0: they're either, that like, they've got to do. That they haven't done.
1: Yeah. They're either on notice or they are gone. Or they are at least on a leave of absence until management decides whether or not they're going to ask them for a resignation, which like, guarantees what's going to happen with uh, Heinerscheid. It's going to yeah. be, oh, I, 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 what I really wanted to do was spend more time at home and I've completed my mission of changing the brand and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that lady, my favorite part of that whole entire thing is that. She called the, the you know, the brand base, uh, fratty and out of touch, etc It's like, okay. Mm. And then, uh, two seconds later, it's like, let's look at these pictures of you from back in your college days. Right.
0: Like, well, would you, you, uh, you did not. Where
1: would you, where would you be residing for this kegger? Oh yeah. It's that fret. Okay. And, uh, and who's these people that are sitting next to you? Oh, these are all, uh, fraternity brothers and sorority sisters. Are they?
0: But, uh, to be fair, are, I've, I've heard this compared to uh, uh, what's the term? This is like uh, this is like the uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity crowd decided they were going to go ahead and make this their uh, their attack on the um, Soviet Union in winter, and you know, it's, <laughs> it's like okay, this this one you've, also, you've made the it really far, but this bills
1: are way down everywhere now. And they're not like gone, it's down, we're talking down by 40%. Which, if you're a brand, 40% loss is gigantic. 5% loss is gigantic for a national brand. 40% is cataclysmic.
0: And the real numbers we're hearing reported right now, as of recording, are about 17% uh, market loss. Which,
1: but just, again, so like, that's mind, huge. So keep in mind that this isn't like they're, they're, the downstream effect here is that they're never going to be able to recover from this. So, if, if here's the thing Budweiser and Bud Light, these are when you go to a bar and you just want a beer when you're deciding what, what beer you want, like if you, in case you, for whatever reason, don't know what you want when you go to the bar, you're going to order something off tap. And it's probably going to be just basically give me a beer, which amounts to, okay, I'll pick that one. You know, you see like the first tap head that you see out, out of the corner of your eye. That's basically the, the, the um, prestige that Bud Light has and Miller Light and Coors Light. You know, these, these, uh, these beers all compete in effectively a market of infinity where the, uh, the brand isn't the reason why you get the beer. There's no brand prestige to it. There's no brand recognition or staying power. Yeah, none of these they're are even
0: really good beers.
1: They're all interchangeable because of the, they're all bottom of the barrel. So when you go in and you try to get brand recognition for a beer that's never going to have brand recognition or loyalty, like it, you're, there's two ways to go about it. There's either you have a gimmick that makes everybody laugh and think it's a great thing, or you piss everyone off. And they chose to piss everyone off because the person in charge is a fucking idiot. Um, Heinerscheid is a dumbass. There, there's no question here. And so now Budweiser has to compete with everything else, but the reason why it will be recognized in the future is for being that horrible brand, the one that fucked up. Oh, it's Same for you know, like, for deodorant, and you say, okay, I, I, which deodorant am I going to pick? And you see Gillette. What do you remember when you see Gillette? You remember the whole boys leave boys, uh, fuck all men commercials.
0: Yeah. If you don't,
1: then that just means that it's finally faded from far enough into memory. They lost $9 billion in market cap over that. Just and. FYI. That is that is a thing that happened to them. They lost $9 billion in market cap. They had to get back.
0: Well, not just that. They also drove people to new businesses that formed because of that fuck-up.
1: Yeah, No. seriously. Um, um, Jeremy's uh, Racers. I, I know Duke Cannon got major business out of that. Uh, and they, they basically are known for soap, and they had a deodorant line that exploded because of that. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing you also to remember when you go into and you go into a store and you look at a shelf um, for for a product like that, which is even we're, we're talking even more commoditized than bottom of the barrel beer here. Uh, a lot of the other brands you see on the same shelf are the same exact company.
0: Oh yeah, that, a that, lot of them come out the of the same factory in China.
1: That's a, well, no, it's it's not even that. It's literally the same company. It's just P and G. Oh but, um, yeah. Yeah, they actually own
0: a a frightful share of that sector of the market.
1: These brands are not separate companies. They are separate brands, and they compete against each other within the same company. And that competition makes it look like you are, if you are a brand loyalty kind of person, that kind of competition gives them a larger market share um, by dominating the aisle. And making it look like you know you have brand preference. No, you, you have a company that you're buying from, and it's it's, it's fine. You know that's that is what is a normal practice for large companies, and it's just the way it is. The the downside is that when they do a colossal fuck up like they did with Gillette, like Budweiser's doing with Bud Light, people don't realize how many of the other items inside the the basket, so to speak are also by these same companies if you you, you know, know that's that's absolutely
0: calls. true and in this case in this specific case we're actually seeing a lot of folks raise that point and bring that to light yep. as a matter of fact because it, it has kind of happens, now now to be fair to be fair bud light has taken the hit but Budweiser as a whole, yeah. and even Anheuser-Busch InBev as a whole, but, you know, has been hit see with
1: this. People going out there for what a uh, like a Stellar Artois,
0: mm-hmm. like, or like a Modelo, or right. a Shock Top for that matter, right. or um, what's another uh, Corona. Shock Top
1: Tasty stuff, which is the funny thing, because <laughs> they had to think like, if they picked one of their fancier brands in their company, they picked one of the fancier brands to to do this kind of shit with people would have probably just not given as much crap.
0: How did you not do that with Stella? Seriously? Sure. How, how, like the opportunities right there, like the marketing fucking writes itself.
1: Like Michelob light, they tried to, to market. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, like uh, ages ago, like what, about 20 years ago, they tried to market Michelob light as like the preppy beer to get at the frats. Like, you know, they had, they just had, you know, a bunch of people in their, uh, their shitty polo shirts um, you know, the, all the same haircut and exact same face. Um, <laughs> sharing, sharing, you know, but with, but with the nice sweater over top of it, because why the fuck not? You, you want to look like a complete douchebag. Um, you right. know, they're, but if they're you're sharing, wearing
0: you are not know, an ascot or a sweater vest, you've got to be wearing something.
1: Right. So anyway, that's so that so the, uh, stuff they tried to, they, you know, that, that basically said to me, I should never, ever drink that beer. Um, which is which I thought was hilarious. I was looking at that I remember looking at that commercial fucking 2 decades ago and wondering who the fuck they made this commercial for. I couldn't think of a single person who wanted to look like that.
0: Maybe for the fictionalized uh oh man, I forgot his name. That Supreme Court justice guy that they uh told all the crazy stories about. Mm. Not Clarence Thomas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> say
0: it better up, yeah. no the the one Trump put in his name oh, uh,
1: right Kevin
0: oh Kavanaugh. yes
1: Kavanaugh. that's the one
0: yeah the one them. yeah
1: oh, they had a...
0: my my the stories they had to tell about that fella yeah. amazing I'd stuff like, but uh <laughs> but also just uh <laughs> since we're here on this and this is something I haven't seen or heard of anywhere else and it's an important part of the discussion. Oktoberfest Uh isn't carrying any Budweiser brands. They'll have uh, surely Anheuser-Busch, but none of the Bud label brands. And not because they're against, against not because they're for or against any of this, but specifically because they want no party in this argument. Yeah. So they're just going to stay out like, nope, we're not going to have it. So that if if you want it, bring it, whatever. But we're not going to have it. We're not a party to this. It's not something we want anything to do with.
1: See, that's the other thing people don't realize is that these polarizing politicization of all uh, these products, it makes companies not want to shelve them.
0: Yeah. Sell, sell the hot dogs, hot dog salesman.
1: And, I mean, if I was... So, InBev... By the way, is a European country uh, company? Mm-hmm. I mean, company, they bought Budweiser. Well, they bought Anheuser busch in two thousand eight. So, Anheuser busch has not been an American company since two thousand eight. Yeah, you know, but uh, uh, fifteen years. Sure. So, like, I mean, I remember, I remember back when they switched to rice, and the quality of the beer changed. That was ages ago and you know rice isn't a terrible feedstock for beer but at the same time it drastically changed the flavor of Bud Light and Budweiser
0: I can only imagine I don't actually like beer so I, I couldn't say but I mean surely you know that's, I mean, that's actually, not the same thing as weed or hops or any of these other things yeah, that it,
1: it, it has a very different flavor I mean it was always a filtered beer mind you um, but it, it did change the flavor and that was a huge deal for them they, you know, they did recover from that. They, they had enough client, new clientele. But you see, the difference is that it wasn't politicized. I mean, sure, you have a kind of politics to it. You know, do you like the rice beer or not? But at the same time.
0: Yeah, new Coke that, issue.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like it's not going to come back to bite them in two decades. If this one, the, the main thing that they're never going to recover from, if, if you're out there and you're drinking yourself a nice Bud Light and you're enjoying your time at the bar and...
0: Well, it's a gay bar, let's around, be fair.
1: You swing the label around and uh, the guy next to you looks over and starts laughing his ass off.
0: Well, well, uh, will you know, considering you you would probably have to be at a gay bar to get it. The, no, he's probably starting to hit on you because, you know, obviously you're sending a message by drinking the Bud Light. But
1: again, again... Laughing is uh, no. We're talking. We're talking. We're still talking like the decade down the road here.
0: Oh, okay, it's okay. So you've you've made the mistake of uh, of ordering the Bud Light, thinking that people forgot, and you're uh, maybe in a red city or something.
1: You're you're just like people well, say say you know. Keep in mind, you know, in ten years, people who are eleven years old will be able to drink. They are not going through, you know, whatever kind of stupid machinations and culture are going on right now. No. They're not, not intentionally anyway. They're not they're not fully cognizant and aware of all the stuff that's going on with it. Which is good. That means they're having a childhood of some variety. So you don't have... Again, you say you're out there, you've got yourself Bud Light, you're just trying to relax and then you look over and the guy is smirking or he's laughing his ass off and you go, well, what's, what's the deal? And he goes, you're drinking the tranny beer. Or you're drinking transmission fluid. You know, it's something to that effect. And then you actually have to figure out what the fuck he means. Well, obviously you're going to go and figure out what the fuck he means, so...
0: Yeah, then you'll go down to the, uh, yeah, the yeah, no Your yeah, Meme library.
1: Hey, This stuff's not going away. And, like, the, the idea of having him apologize, it's not happening. Um, yeah, I and think it's I, actually I, I before that an apology would not be enough. Uh,
0: yeah, they've crossed the line at this point. I mean, an apology.
1: There was could a point probably, where it
0: an apology could probably stem the outflow because the people that were definitely going to leave and would have reconsidered on an apology quickly, they're gone.
1: So what he could have done is he could have they what they could have done is had Dylan Mulvaney, uh, or as I've been calling him Dildo, Mulvaney, Dildo Mainvaney... Could have had him show up, do his little Instagram thing, and said nothing. Said nothing. Given him the can, fine. Maybe done a limited run for that, but then said nothing. They tr- Now, they tried to say nothing after they said something, and that was a huge mistake. Uh, because they, they spent two weeks trying to say nothing, because anything they did say got immediately mobbed. Um, with people saying a lot of heinous shit.
0: Hilarious you know, shit. Let's be fair.
1: Oh no, it's just deservedly heinous shit. Hilarious as it was, you know, it it looks terrible for the brand.
0: Oh yeah. Oh PR nightmare.
1: Exactly. That's when I when I say heinous here, I mean like they the brand manager is pulling hair out. Um you know not the marketing manager who fucked everything up and lit everything on fire, the brand manager who's actually in charge of making sure sales happen later uh that person is probably very upset right now,
0: yeah, oh man, uh, what are they gonna to have to do to Why are oh
1: they dude that
0: you saw the um you saw the horse video right <laughs> the uh the horse ad or I shouldn't say horse we we can't assume that that is actually a horse. We'll assume the uh the species. Of that uh, equine presenting, uh, you know, mammal. As uh, pro- we're gonna assume that it's probably a goat because that would be the most diverse thing to do. That's probably a trans goat. So, did you see the trans goat advertisement that uh, Anheuser Busch put out?
1: No, but I can imagine it didn't go well.
0: Well, they had the trans goat uh, galloping around in uh, cities known for, you know, um, being cities. I think it uh, galloped across the San Francisco bridge and then across the uh, Brooklyn bridge and then uh-huh. and then yeah. across the Midwest. I can't remember if it had a rainbow Probably or not.
1: Probably the St. Louis arch. Uh
0: yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they they did the thing where oh, um
1: here's something I did want to get to on this when I was mentioning that they could have said nothing like there there has to be space for some people to be around. And obviously Dylan is a big exception here being the, the uh, giant creep-weight he is. Um, and he's very polarizing. So bad for advertising in general. But there has, like, if, if um, say, uh, uh, what's-his-face? Um, uh, the Olympian. Um, Kardashian dad. What's-his-face? Oh, uh, um,
0: Bruce Jenner. Jenner.
1: Jenner, yeah. So say Jenner wanted to do a commercial, and... Did not I I can't
0: remember, name. and if anybody says any fucking shit in the things, I can't remember whatever he calls himself now. So whatever. That was it. What? Okay, oh, yeah, Caitlin. Okay, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Say so anyway, Jenner. Say Say Jenner comes on and he just. So the like, Jenner patriarch. Say Say he just does something, you know, so, some say he does like a NASCAR commercial, you know, and he's just hanging out, and say he has a Bud Light, and then. Doesn't mention the fact that he's a woman. None of that shit. Just does the commercial and then done. There, there's there gotta be, like, for some of these these higher profile people, there's going, it's not that there has to be, it's that there's going to be a space at some point for these people to be in advertisements in a way that does not destroy brands. And the has to part is the part where it has to not destroy brands. I and mean, So they've got to find some way of doing it in a way that doesn't piss off half the country or more, because well, it's not did, even it's
0: necessarily half the country. It's specifically again, if their buying in,
1: base. It's they shoved this crap in to the product. That's the thing that's really pissed people off. Is not like if they just had the commercial happen or they had the Instagram stuff happen and they left the cans alone, the bottle alone. If they didn't have this dork's face on the product, they probably could have had a mild dip and then gotten over it. But what they did was they they put this guy's face in the product and then they had the gall to start insulting their customers.
0: Yeah, the commemorative can right. it um oh, well, what would you say? It basically one one makes one it plate 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 completely undeniable. Can. It's like listen, somebody had to go above and beyond to make this pack of commemorative cans to send out to this person. But
1: now, again, that's like, that's not a thing not,
0: you can just get. But it's
1: it's not even just like that though. I mean, the can, the cans being available anywhere else, like the the cans with the rainbows on them, and so on. Like just the fact that this stuff is being shoved in people's faces in a way where they can't just let the brand fade back into the background where it was, is why it's so in people's faces. Like why sorry, not in people, in, so into the front of their mind right now. Oh sure, yeah. Had it had it not been shoved into their face in a way that made them associate good or bad with the label, then the label would have just remained just the brand. And it's no longer just the brand; it's the brand plus the baggage that was just saddled onto it. Well, so, I mean, high Chide is totally fucked because uh, I mean, basically, any other job that she yeah, wanted, she's
0: not going to be able to work in marketing other than at. A uh, diversity, yes. inclusion, well, and equity company, an ESG company. Period. That is the only place she can work now.
1: Well, and, and not even there. Uh, seriously, the she she had that job, and she lost that job, and for a good reason. She can't even like complain something something sexism here. It's there was a legitimate grievance. She really fucked it up.
0: No, she did, she did, but, you know, let's hope that, <laughs> let's hope that she, uh, does get bit from this, because, you know, when you, uh, oh, yeah. when you fuck up a beloved brand, you really, you really don't deserve the job that but you yeah, were given.
1: Like, it's, it's weird, because people don't, and like...
0: Kathleen Kennedy.
1: Yeah, really. It's, it's weird, because people don't, like, generally go out of their, it's, it's like, if you go to a restaurant and they have Coke or Pepsi... You're not going to leave if they don't have the one you want. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's like you didn't go there to drink Coke or Pepsi. You, you went there to get food. You know, it's it's so it's the same thing with Budweiser, Miller Lite, Coors Light. You know, all these different these bottom brand be- uh, beers, they're not the reason people go to a bar. They will go to a bar to drink. And when you shove this shit in their face, it's not them drinking. And that is the reason why they fucked up royally is that they completely interrupted that entire atmosphere by shoving the shit in their face. So now it's a joke and it's going to be that way. And This is why they're not going to be able to bring the brand back by just apologizing at this point because they, first they did this by shoving it in people's faces and then they had the gall to insult people, their customer base. They just like not in no uncertain terms, they directly insulted them. You know, the idea, you know the, the fratty and uncultured kind of thing was was part of that but just the the idea that um, if you're if you don't like this cultural phenomena then you, the beer's not for you. It's like okay well the beer's not for me.
0: Now let's That's, be fair that that wasn't really a thing. They did shut right up immediately but then they issued the non-apology apology.
1: Well no, Heiner Scheid said that the customer base is a bunch of fratty and cultured
0: people. Now, what's the timeline on that? I believe that was before these incidents occurred. That
1: was well before the apology.
0: But I, Wasn't that before that was, that
1: this... Was when I was explaining herself.
0: Yeah, but that was before this actually occurred, wasn't it? I
1: don't
0: know. Oh, it was during all of this?
1: It was during all this.
0: Oh, man, what a
1: Why did you do this? Well, I had a clear mandate to rejuvenate the brand... <sighs> And wow! So you're going to take
0: young, America's number older. one beer? Oh, I was mistaken on the timeline on that. I thought that those were statements that she had made, just in, yeah. just as part of you know, hey, this is what I'm going to do with the job. Well, uh, that uh, that, that paints things in a uh, an even more idiotic light.
1: So no, people who want nothing to do with them, people who don't like the fact that they were insulted, these 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 issues are going to persist. And again, they've an apology would not be enough. And now they don't even have that opportunity. And that's so they're firing people left and right. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, amazing. So the thing is this, this is a tipping point for other brands to pay attention to. And that is the major thing that people should be taken away from it is that this can happen and has happened. So well, that's just, that's that that the key really point, hard.
0: really. What like, the first thing you mentioned there—that this can happen—because every time it's been, uh, it's basically been, well, you know, those those conservatives or those Republicans or whatever, they'll just they'll say some things and then they'll be back on Monday, and this sure. time they're not back on Monday.
1: I mean, here is the thing: is like these, it's not just conservatives and Republicans that are drinking Budweiser. Oh, sure it's it's that that is a that is a cosmopolitan attitude that is that is shown very strongly in how this was this whole thing was handled
0: and to be fair there's quite a few less now that uh that are that were before and uh that will never be drinking budweiser or bud light
1: i mean again yeah, like so i so if i went if i go to a bar and you know i been a little bit, but like if if I go to a bar and I go, I I just want to think about what I want to get to drink first. I might have gone for something like a Budweiser or a Bud Light, and I, there's no reason for me to ever do that again.
0: Yeah, I, no. You, usually, uh...
1: I have an idea of what I want, but like if I didn't, that's space that's one of the go-to brands where I'm like, okay, they can't fuck this up. Uh, you know, turns out,
0: hold my beer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Turns out, apparently, you can.
0: Yeah, isn't that funny?
1: Yeah. So I know you didn't want to spend all night on that one, but that, that was no, just no one worries. of the ones where I was just like, this is so fucking funny to me. That it's, it's, it's... She had to purposely fuck it up. Like, there's not really many other good explanations. Oh, yeah,
0: I mean, her explanation is absolute bullshit. You know, you're trying to revitalize a brand... Oh, that you mean the you mean the number one brand in America? You're trying to revitalize right. that?
1: It's like I had a clear mandate. No, your mandate was to fucking bring sales up, you dumbass. That means go out there and do some promotions at a NASCAR rally. Hmm. Yeah. That means that means push products. That doesn't mean push ideas.
0: Yeah. It. it yeah. It's yeah. Push products to, to everyone. The
1: whole brand. like just to, what a fucking idiot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, and you know, since we're on that topic and this'll be uh close to your heart, you're uh being in Florida and all, is uh there was um there's a Pride Parade that was uh scheduled to occur pretty recently. Uh uh you know, you being a local, I'll let you uh share the story.
1: Oh yeah, so uh Pride Parade. Um so basically what they were told was that the event would be uh um because the um drag is considered adult cabaret or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it is 21 and up um, or they can't do any of the adult stuff. And that shut the whole thing down. So basically, they they were told either the adult stuff is for adults only or the uh, adult stuff has to go if you're going to let like kids nearby.
0: So no like dildo costumes? To- what?
1: So, yeah, so so no, um, no walking dildos, uh, that kind of shit. Basically, that shut the whole thing down. And the funny thing is, a hell of a lot of the lesbian, gay, and bisexual crowd, and actually even a lot of the tranny crowd, are, uh, are okay with this. That's actually a great thing. But the uh, flamboyant um, crazies that typically populate these events, um, of course, are up in arms. They took personal umbrage with the fact that they can't you know, hump each other naked in front of children.
0: And let's uh, let's also clarify too, because we didn't really get a chance to go into this. There's a new bill that uh, just recently passed in Florida, a, uh, with extreme penalties. Yeah. But what are those extreme penalties for? Well, first, uh, so let's go uh, into the penalties. Uh, if it if is a, a death penalty. Abuser, but a it's a death abuser, penalty for the penetration of a child.
1: Yeah. If you're a if you're a child abuser, and by that I mean a kitty fucker.
0: Like, um literally, it, it is, people. you, there's, there's even leeway in there. So.
1: And who do you think was upset by it?
0: Isn't that funny? A bunch
1: of pink haired retards in California.
0: You know, it's. Um, oh, here's the
1: funny thing. I think we did, we might've touched on this last time. The passage of this law caused a whole bunch of people to want to leave the state immediately.
0: Oh no, yeah, that's terrible. Oh no. What and you
1: know it? what that did overnight? That dropped housing prices by
0: 8%. You had mentioned that. You had, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that yeah, real so, funny? Yeah, so,
1: uh, yeah, it's astounding. So, so uh, basically, overnight, uh, telling people that child's people who fuck children are going to be put into an, uh, into the chair and either given a lethal injection or a lethal shock. Um, Oh, I hear they're bringing
0: the firing squad uh, back out west.
1: Well, I mean, that'd be great if it was on a personal level where you just kind of, you know, find a pedophile fucking your kids, shoot them, and then have no issues. Gary, no. Please come by and say, okay, what brand of beer do you want us to bring by? Yeah,
0: well, you know. It's, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing that you leave to a man like Gary Ploush.
1: Yeah. No, it's, um, people don't realize like that's the next step and, uh, I, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. The troubling thing is, uh, people really don't realize that that's the next step and it's not all that far from coming as, as long yeah, as, a good
1: thing, by the way, no, so, I
0: mean, no, not necessarily.
1: It's a solution to a very bad problem.
0: Yeah, you know, when when people are forced to come up with their own solutions because the institutions that were created to solve them refuse to do so, the solutions often end up a little bit less precise and a little bit less targeted than they could have been had they been handled in a more appropriate fashion, shall we say. Not to say that the problem isn't resolved. Oh, by God, it's fucking resolved. But you know, it can be a little yeah. messy.
1: I, again, it can uh, be a I, lot messy. I so much prefer to have a proper solution that does not involve someone having to have the death of another another person on their hands like that. Um, the The original idea here is that we have ceded violence to the state for a fucking reason, and this is that reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole
1: fucking purpose of of it's the kind idea of a thing. Of I guess part of the reason the Second Amendment is a thing is that we give them the ability to shoot and murder on our behalf, the ability to kill people that have done bad things on our behalf so that all of us are just as responsible for that death as anybody else. We give them that power and they do what we say. And the problem is that they have we have these situations where they stop doing what we say. And if they don't resolve things appropriately, then that's not good. It's
0: like the founding fathers knew well enough that you have to leave a solution in there a, uh, a back door as it were, you know, just in case the whole system goes fucky. you need a you need a you need a hard reset, you know and that's yeah, I mean no. that's a hard reset. That's a hard reset. and as we uh, as we know as uh, folks that work with systems, a hard reset is not easy on the machine. Not easy on it at all. It could be very. Uh, it could be disastrous even. <laughs> so you really want to avoid that.
1: Yeah. So you know we, we don't want Gary Pluches. Uh We don't want those situations.
0: You know we love better. the man. We yeah. we here at the Fake Untitled Podcast love the Marvin Hemires of the world, but it shouldn't have to come to that, people. It shouldn't have to come to that.
1: Yeah. It, it's. It should absolutely be something better, and the fact is that that um, Gary was failed. Um,
0: Gary was failed. Marvin Heemeyer was failed. You know yeah. the state failed these people on numerous occasions.
1: Catastrophically. So, In
0: both cases, yes.
1: But yeah, so so the so the idea that the state is willing to take this up now as a death penalty issue, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't like the death penalty in general, but I also really, really, really don't like the idea of letting a fucking child bluster hang out in jail. Um, because the same exact thing's going to happen, it's just who's going to kill them. Are we going to let them be tortured by prisoners for, like, a couple decades before someone finally gets a shiv in? Or are we going to put them in a chair and put them out of their misery and everyone else's misery? That It's it's partly... Remember, there has to be a, a restorative component to the justice system here. There is no restoring a person like that, and the only restoration that occurs is by giving justice to the people that were wronged. And the only real just the only real justice you're gonna give to that kid whose life has been altered and in a destructive manner is to give them the elimination of that destructive force. And it's it's a terrible I mean and again, I I don't like death penalty in general and that is a shit justification but it's really just a rationalization of a a terrible circumstance.
0: Well, the long and short of uh, the argument there is a person should be released from captivity and have their rights fully restored upon completion of their term unless they are too dangerous to be released. Then you are left with the question, do you house this person forever? If you do not then have they committed a crime that is so great that it cannot be forgiven? Can they not be saved? And if they cannot be saved, well then, that doesn't leave you a lot of options.
1: Consider this. How many license plates would a child molester punch out? Because that is a thing that prisoners do. They make license plates in Florida.
0: I think that's a thing everywhere, or used to be.
1: Yeah, I think it's still a thing just about everywhere. I mean, that, that's, it's a job they give to trustworthy enough prisoners to push, to push a button and let a piece of metal get stamped. Um, that's that's what that's one of the jobs that are available, and I do think that the justice system should have that restorative component to it. Give someone gainful employment of some variety. I mean, I'm, I think that if you have some guy who, you know, say they were holding pot, or they decided to rob a store when they were younger and they got caught, you know, that kind of shit, that should not Mark you as incapable of having a livelihood later in your life if you've paid if you've paid back to society you've paid your debt in full and the same thing here with this it's it's I think it's it's ridiculous um the people that are trying to get their rights restored as felons in Florida and then there's a, a whole bunch of them that got caught voting um that didn't get their rights restored and they got arrested or they got you know they they got served. Basically a summons to go to uh, to court and then go to jail. You know, they they committed another felony, uh, and knowingly, by the way, because they were not told that their rights had been restored, they should know better. Um, but they voted by mail anyway, and that stuff is caught. Well At least I mean, in Florida. It's just, here's the thing, is they tried to try to make it a claim that you know it's racist. it wasn't racist. Um, and or it's classist and it's, like, it's not classist these people had they, they were told look you have to pay off all of your debts to society that includes all of the fees all of the fines everything once you've paid everything back you can enter this program they didn't hmm, wow. and so they they committed another felony they committed a federal offense uh, by voting as a felon you know state and federal offense they they were illi- it was an illegal vote
0: wow that's unfortunate
1: yeah it's there's a pile of them that did it and you know they were not told that you can vote now that you've paid things they they were told this is the bill that you still have to pay and then they just voted anyway So, I I mean, there's... So, with felonies, you you lose your voting rights. And so that's that's a big thing, because that's one of the fundamental things a citizen gets. And it's... that's kind of important. So, you know, I I think that that's one of those things that we should try to maintain as best as we can. Uh, We shouldn't be taking away people's rights permanently if they've paid back their debt to society. Sure. You know, I think that 10 years is a good term... is is the right amount of time. Other states do this. I don't know if it's the same in Florida, but I know that, like at least Massachusetts and a, and a few other states, they basically say you know, like after ten years you have to petition the court, and they basically automatically rubber stamp it at ten years. Um, you get your rights back. So basically, after ten years, if you have the will to ask for your rights, then you get them. Now, hmm. you know after you gave them up voluntarily by committing a felony. So I mean, in that circumstance, I think that's. I think uh, it's
0: that. Well, you gave them up involuntarily. Let's be fair; you didn't have yourself committed.
1: No, if, if you commit the felony, you give up the rights.
0: Well, you do, but you don't voluntarily give them up.
1: No, it's that you, if you chose to commit a felony, you chose to give up your rights.
0: Uh, this is a silly semantic argument to have, but I don't agree.
1: Yeah. Either so, way, yeah. It's and, there's there's and, no there's point all, to this argument, but nonetheless the end result here is the same, Then the, the, I think about a decade, that's, that's two and a half presidencies. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's a reasonable amount of t- Like that's enough time for you to reintegrate into society. If you, if that's what you're going to be doing, you know, uh, that's enough time to, to find, you know, basically take care of the more important shit to get yourself squared away first and kind of go through the process of reintegrating in society and becoming a, a functional member of it again. Um, and then voting, you know, that's, that's important to being a citizen. I, I think that's just as important as being able to find a job and do it, you know, or if say you're a, um, say you're, uh, uh, of the mind to create a business. I think it's just as much, it's just as fundamental as the free, you know, free enterprise idea, you know, being able to do stuff around the country as you will. Kind of whatever you want, kind of thing, but not. So that's important, and felons should get that back at some point if they've paid off all their fines, they've paid, they've done all the time, they've paid all the fees and so on. And this isn't some dumb poll tax idea. That kind of shit's already been thrown out of court. Like these people were never going to get the voting rights back in Florida, and then they were kind of blanky giving them back because some dweeb decided this was a great idea and they signed it in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean I'm not really uh, in disagreement. And you know, honestly, I think if a if a person is safe to release from jail, have their restore their rights immediately. And well, the
1: alternative is to tack on an additional 10 years for their term in jail. Um or to find some other way to to integrate them back into society. I mean, if I think that there's there's got to be some compromise there.
0: Then there's the other end of the compromise too. You know, if you've got an individual that Cannot be integrated into society. Sure, it's cruel to hold them in a cell all of their life.
1: I think that is. That
0: leaves you really.
1: uh, um, I think that was a sixth moment, right? The cruel and unusual.
0: Yeah, so you know that person deserves a, a quick end to their suffering,
1: or or a different end. I mean, is there not? Is there some way we could put them to use elsewhere? Well, we get, we, so well some you know, love, I, you know I, some of them know, but I mean, some of them,
0: there's always servitorship. You know, we could, uh, we could always look down the 40 K path. That's uh that's bound well, to be a,
1: well, here's a, here's a thought. I mean, you don't have to pay them a whole lot to do things like build a wall.
0: True. True. But you know, this you gets know, into the, 100, the, the tricky areas of.
1: Hundred feet of the wall and you can get your uh, life back, something like that. Maybe 1,000 feet, who knows what the number needs to be, but there's probably a number everyone can agree on. Or everyone can disagree on, but be okay with it.
0: Or, you know, again, if you've got someone that cannot be saved, then they cannot be saved. You know, if you've got a rabid dog, you've got a rabid dog. and
1: Yeah, but a just... rabid dog is going to die no matter what you do.
0: Okay. Shortly. You've got a pit bull like that's been raised by shortly. a crazy person. Uh-huh. There's nothing you can do. It is what it is. It was raised a particular way. It's already got those genes. It's a lost cause.
1: Oh man, I don't know if you saw recently, there's that video of the guy that sicks his, um, his dog on the, the homeless guy hanging outside a store.
0: No, that sounds horrifying.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he he uh, sent his dog. So the dog bit one of the guy's shirt tails. You know, his shirt was untucked, and the dog went up and snatched his shirt. And he's sitting there trying to get his shirt back. He finally gets the shirt back. The guy is laughing. By the way, the guy who's got the leash on the dog. And then the guy walks in closer. And after you know he the guy gets his shirt back and he walks away a little bit. You know backs away some. So he walks in closer with the dog and lets the dog go up and grab the shirt again. And that happens, like, a couple times. Hmm. And, the, and he's laughing. Laughing at this guy he's torturing with his fucking dog. Yeah, that's... So that kind of dog, and the dog's, of course, having a grand old time. It's wagging his tail, and it's, it thinks it's a game. Um, so clearly, this is something that is, is not uncommon for his, um, his owner to do. Uh, if that's the way the dog feels about it.
0: Yeah, no. Because that's I it was, uh, like,
1: looking back at the owner to make sure everything was okay. The dog knew it was okay.
0: Oh yeah, well, that's fair. No, I haven't. I uh, haven't seen this video at all. It sounds. Uh, it's, it's it sounds fun. bum fights esque. Yeah. Which uh, peak entertainment if you can find it, but also uh, you know probably the lowest, uh, lowest in Very inhuman. It absolutely is. Oh my. So uh, since since we've since we've touched on Inhuman here, we should go ahead and make a quick note to all of our uh, intrepid listeners and viewers to avoid anything that you happen to see at the supermarket with a label stating "appeal" a p e e l. It's um, it's horrible. It is um, it's the new thing. They're going to be using that to uh, coat fruits and vegetables at uh, your supermarkets to avoid using plastic waste. It's um, oh. it's a horrifying product that we don't even know what all it does to you yet.
1: Oh, what is it? I don't Do you know. happen to have? Remember, you t- keep in mind who you've got on the show right now. I think I can help in this scenario. <laughs> what is it? Uh,
0: hold on, I'll just put it in the staff chat, the uh, direct one, and I'll bring it up here so that I can have the. Of what info is available on it? Let's see here.
1: All right.
0: So blah, blah, it's blah, a blah, uh, blah, it's blah, a coating basically blah. that's going to be used on these, and it's pretty much impossible to remove without actually taking off a layer of the skin of the uh, plant. Okay, fruit, so it's
1: um, it's an unknown website. And it's got a picture of Bill Gates in a certain way. So this looks like it might be from Nature News already. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, Ev- it's Evans Van- Vanadine. Or whatever it's it, whatever the it
0: uh, safety data sheet for appeal. Oh,
1: okay, okay. That's the SDS. All right. Okay. Hold on a moment. Let's see what we got here. Yeah. That's flyer. Hazards. Uh, no classified physical, health hazard, eye damage, and skin sensitivity. That's typical of a lot of things that end up having solvents in them. Um, environmental hazards, aquatic, chronic. Okay. So don't pour it down the drain. So that means, I'm, I'm guessing there's something that's going to evaporate. Contains, alcohol, oxalates, orange terpenes. Okay. So it's, uh, orange terpenes. They, it's got D-limonene, uh, if that's the case. Um and ethoxylate is fine. Alcohol is fine. D-limonene, by the way, is a major component of al- of orange oil. Uh, it's it's, okay. not, it's Nothing not bad there. A, it can be toxic, but you'd have to eat like many pounds of orange peel for it okay. okay. to be toxic. So not a major problem here. Um,
0: and uh, what is that uh, alcohol type? Ethoxylate. Uh,
1: the uh, so. The carb the so the alcohol says C9 to C11. Those are the number of carbons. Mm-hmm. foxlate says six EO. Right, so go down here just a little bit. Blah blah blah. blah. And let's see. So we've got alcohol ethoxylate. So that that's okay. So this is what it is. We've got um, C9 C11. So we got this cast number. So the cast numbers are useful. Wait a second.
0: Because I'm seeing acute toxicity rating of four on this thing.
1: Uh, yeah, if you chug stuff like this, keep in mind that it's going to be a thin coating, whatever it is. Okay, so basically, um, yada 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 yada. So it's this is so this is a a um, a polyeth so you know how my research involves what's called PEO or or PEG, right? Polyethylene Mm -hmm. oxide or polyethylene glycol. So, same idea. You have a certain number of units of oxygen carbon-carbon that come off of some functional group R. And at the end of that chain of oxygen carbon-carbon that comes off of R, you have an OH at the end. So that's the ethoxylate part. Um... Then you have the so this this is this is basically a, uh, a kind of surfactant, as well as a, a long chain, so it's a, kind of a coating thing. It can adhere to things well, uh, polar and nonpolar. Uh, orange terpenes. That's going to involve. So that's that's out of orange oil. It's
0: no, that doesn't matter. Let's be fair. It's it's orange uh, oil. Sodium, it's, it's sodium
1: alcohol, ethoxy sulfate. So this is a soap. That's a detergent. So, you know, you, for instance, so the reason, the main reason why this is an aquatic chronic issue is that you don't want to pour soap onto fish. It kind of fucks up pretty bad. Um, so, so don't do that if you own fish unless you really want them dead. Um, and there's this benzisothiazolinene, isolin rather, threon. Uh, okay, otherwise known as bit. So this is a cast number. Give me a second blah 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 benzo isothiazolinone right yeah forget what this one does I mean I got the idea of the structure uh yeah so this one's also for emulsions so basically this is this so this is, um, this is generally not toxic.
0: Hmm.
1: It's not, it's, it's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. The, so the vast majority of what's in, so, and, and they've got like the percentages on here. And again, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. The, um, so, so one thing you should know about these is that the, is you don't need to list all substances inside of a, a material when you put a SDS together.
0: No, oh, yeah, obviously, this doesn't list 100% of all ingredients.
1: Now, it'd be ideal if that was the case, but you don't have to. You're not required to. You're only required to... Now, here's the important thing. You're only required to list the hazardous substances. So you are required to list hazardous substances, but you are not required to list all substances. So if your, if your uh, product has... So this is why the percentages should not add up to 100 if you have, if you make a pro- so, there's filler in here. There's something that that is not that does not matter. Um, that is this filler. So if your if your product has like one percent active ingredient and the active ingredient itself is toxic, uh, or or is hazardous. So for instance, something like an antibiotic, where the vast majority of it is water and uh, probably polyethylene oxide or polyethylene glycol. All right. Uh, then then you only have to list the antibiotic part because that's the part that actually is toxic and it's a good thing. It's toxic. Otherwise it would not kill bacteria or at least make them not reproduce. Um, but then the list things like, you know, for external use only. And that's the reason why you can use it in the first place, because if you did eat it, it would be toxic. So that's why the SDS must list it. So again, like there's, there's, the likelihood is that for most SDSs, you're not going to see things add up to a hundred unless you're dealing with things in the chemical industry where it's like, that's the only thing inside the product, uh, in which case that you, it'll be very easy to add things up to a hundred. Um, <laughs> so oh, I mean, sure,
0: but I'm just pointing that out.
1: It's probably got, it's, it's probably got an alcohol or water base or a combination base, uh, of solvents, you know, then you have, um, basically uh you have some some uh, um emulsifiers some plasticizer and uh, some basically um uh, edible plastic this this would plug up the pores on the fruit and prevent significant transpiration the downside of using anything like this is that once sprayed it can no longer give off the ethylene gas uh ethene gas that causes ripening in other fruits that's. I mean, that could be a good and a bad thing. I, I think it's in general for fruits that you're putting on a shelf as a store, that's a bad thing, because that means they cannot co-ripen. Um, but if you're talking about storage, it could be a good thing. I mean, once, if you have, I mean, so it's kind of a spontaneous thing for the original, the initial ripening, but as long as you hold conditions appropriate, then the entire batch can stay unripe for a very long time. But if you do let one of them go, the entire batch can go all at once, effectively. Um, So, if if this can't be, I mean, this can be washed off. That's the other thing I'll say here. It it absolutely 100% can be washed off.
0: Now, I have to say, the reporting I'm seeing on that is actually that people were having a lot of issues washing it off.
1: Use soap. That's basically what you're going to have to do. Because the reason it's on there in the first place is because it had soap in it. Seriously, it's, it's got it's got a, uh, it's got emulsifiers and detergents in the SDS.
0: Okay, so I guess the question then is, what kind of soap would you recommend using to get rid of something like that, like Light a uh, Dawn type soap? That no, would, uh... no, no,
1: no, no, no. Anything you use for dishes, do not use on your food. Period. So. Um, if you really feel like washing, again, this stuff is edible. I'm perfectly fine to eat this stuff. If um, if you feel like washing it off, uh, if you can find yourself some, um, so SDS uh, is a type of soap. By the way, um, uh, it's, it is a it is a very common. So basically, what you want to do is find yourself a soap chemical, if you will. I just just go on the soap part, like sodium lauryl sulfate SLS. Uh, then there's sodium dodecyl whatever the fuck it is sulfate, and um, and that is SDS. These are both types of soap. SLS and SDS are very common in hair soaps and body soaps. It's the actual soap part of it. The rest of it is fragrances and a whole bunch of other shit that you don't really need. Um, now it can either be sodium lauryl sulfate or it can be ammonium lauryl sulfate. Same stuff, different day, doesn't matter. These are just soaps. If you want to use a detergent, then use something like that. And, and, uh, um, very, you don't need much, is all I'll say on that. You don't need a whole lot of it, you just need a little bit. You can buy this stuff as a powder, by the way, and make up, uh, concentrates. And then, like, put, like, you know, a little, if you're going to be washing a bunch of fruit because, for whatever reason, you feel like washing this stuff off. Um, you know, get yourself, uh, you know, fill up your sink a little bit, put a few drops of a concentrate in there and, uh, you know, swirl it around a little bit and then you can put your fruit in there, give it a little bit of a rinse and then drain out your sink and then rinse it off underneath the faucet. It would be fine.
0: Hmm.
1: But again, it's like this stuff is not going to... Like, I'd be more worried about it fucking up my batch of fruit on the shelf as a store owner than I would be about I would be uh, worried about it as a person trying to eat fruit. And while I know I'm weird and I like to do things like eat orange rind because I find it flavorful, I know the vast majority of people do not. And that you know, if if you're talking about using it on on a fresh fruit like an orange or a lime uh, or a lemon, you know this stuff is gonna be peeled off anyway. And it's not going to be inside the part you eat, so I think like, there's this is not something to freak out about.
0: Okay, and since we're on the topic, uh, for something like an apple, for instance, as uh, sure. Bats is asking about it here with the waxes yeah. that we see, what would you recommend for getting those off of there? For, for a wax, that, wax coating, mm-hmm.
1: the wax coatings are usually carnauba wax. It's it's natural wax. Sure, it's either carnauba or, or bee wax. It's the same stuff. Basically, um, I mean soaps, uh, warm water, and and uh, light detergent will do it. Again, do not use dish detergents. Um, dish detergents are usually going to involve um, peroxy acids or enzymes, and uh, and much harsher detergents, and oh, they bad. will they will. So I would be more worried about the residues that those detergents leave behind on the apple than I would be about the wax on
0: it. Fair enough. But it's uh, it's not necessarily so much the wax as what's going to be trapped underneath of it because it used to be sure. you could just wipe off all of the uh, uh, crappy junk that was on there just with a nice paper towel. But well, it's you the, know, like, that shit's getting if, sealed if, in if there's with there's these things like carnauba wax or with a peel right. or what have you.
1: Here's the deal on this. First, one, the apples are washed before they're waxed. Two, if there's something growing underneath the wax, that part of the wax is capable of being rubbed off. So if you still want to rub the part of the apple that looks like it's kind of blotchy or whatever, you know, if it looks like there's a smear on there and you want to get rid of it, do it, because it'll come off.
0: Well, not so much smears. I mean, literally, just looking at the coatings on
1: the sex and you know any that's it will come off seriously rub it against like your shirt um, like uh, any any kind of any porous coarse um, fabric will be able to buff whatever is weakening the adherent adherence of the wax to the apple it'll be able to rub that stuff right off of the surface
0: Oh yeah, I I, uh, I kind of like what Bats has to say here, and just that uh, boils down to customers wanting something that the companies aren't providing, and sure. in a proper economy, then a solution will be provided as well. And
1: oh, they'll yeah, probably but make
0: yeah. it uh, you know cost too much for the common person because that's generally what they do.
1: Well, I mean, again, this kind of like coding, it's probably it's it's probably going to end up being a cost-saving feature for the uh, company up until, you know, a certain point here. And that point might be if they have issues ripening backstock because if the ethylene gas cannot penetrate into – I mean, ethylene is a small molecule, but it's like it's not its not hydrogen small. Like it's not going to pass through everything. Um, and – And if ethylene can't get into ripen or if it takes too long to do it and companies can't adequately address that, then I easily see this going away. Or them finding a way to do a lighter coating of it so that only most of it's covered. Or finding a way to wash it off before they give it to customers so that they can actually do the ripening part. Because the idea that they can't ripen their fruit from backstock, that's a major problem for a company trying to sell you fruit.
0: I guess we'll just have to see how it plays itself out then more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... I mean, stuff like this... Again, it's none of the stuff that's inside it. Like, it, it is safe to eat. And especially at the concentration inside the food product you're going to be consuming it in. It's It's all food safe at that point. I mean, I would... If you're not so, here's the thing: if you're not washing your, so by washing here, I mean rinsing off. So I've.
0: I, <laughs> yeah. Now we should also had, bear in I mind had, that food safe is determined by the same FDA that was run by Donald Rumsfeld that approved aspartame, that is, you know, a neurotoxin. But.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, if you notice that um, aspartame is still inside diet products today in America, the dose makes the poison. In America. Yeah.
0: No, no, no.
1: Everywhere, the dose makes the poison. And that's the point I want to stick on. It doesn't matter where you are. The dose makes the poison. And this is one of those scenarios. So, at the concentration, these would be consumed. They're food safe. So, um... Wait, it's... I think like another thing to to, to get to here. I mean, this is. I mean, it's it's, so this isn't a reason, but like this is one of the major advantages of having a garden, is just being able to get the food. Like, if if you don't want to have, so what I was saying earlier is, I would rinse. I would so so when because I had a a person who was very special uh, at the house before, who when they were told to wash the vegetables used fucking dish soap. Or mm. sorry, hands and, uh, that probably my had a mother, lovely I remember, flavor. I remember my, money, my mother turning to this person and saying, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and she was so confused. You said to wash the vegetables. No. <laughs> so I, what I would say is, if you're not rinsing your vegetables, or your, your food, your produce already, You should start doing that because that, so the the idea is you are, so the salmonella and, and listeria are major contaminants on foods, produce in particular, and you're supposed to rinse off a whole lot of that before you eat it. Now, it shouldn't be a whole lot of that already when it's at the store. It should already have been rinsed, but it has time to grow back and you're supposed to rinse it again. So, this stuff, um, I mean, the same thing, I had the same kind of worry with wax, sure, uh, but in that case, it's kind of like, more, can you see it more than, can you rinse it off? Um, it's already supposed to be rinsed and, and washed before you apply a coating, like, wax, or in this case, liquid-ish wax. Um, but... I would, I would still rinse. The, I mean, it's is one of the advantages of having a garden is being able to just kind of get the stuff. But you'd have to rinse your, your fruit anyway. So, I mean, the process is still going to be fundamentally the same. Um, but the immediacy is, I mean, there's, there's, it's so much better to get food from the garden just in general. But if you're going to be going to the store anyway, I mean, kind well, of if you're
0: going to go to the store else. anyway, and you're thinking about growing a garden, find your local community, you know, um, community market or farmer's market okay, or whatever on. they've got.
1: I have something to say to bats here. I just looked at the chat finally. Sal- Salmonella is, so it's.
0: Well, okay. I'm it's a possibility. Not,
1: not just that they're taking craps in the field, buddy. If you, <laughs> It's probably that they're not washing stuff as well, because I got to tell you, um, if you have your own garden, Lizards poop and birds poop, and that's the major source of salmonella on all produce. The major source of all salmonella on produce is birds and lizards. They poop out salmonella, and when it rains, that gets spread all over the leaves. So that's your source. Now, if you have a Mexican, if you have an illegal Mexican who shows up, and they eat some of that, and then they get the runs, yes, they are going to spread salmonella too. No, but again, you, in, your own, in your own home garden, you'll find... So, I'll put it like this. If, um, so this, this is something I actually learned when I was... Because I, I decided to, uh, to befriend the lizards of the garden, so to speak, so I could make them do my work for me. Uh, namely, killing pests. Uh, I got. I had to go look stuff up like, like this because I was told repeatedly, you know, don't touch them, they have salmonella. It's like, okay, how fucking real is this? So I look it up, and it's like, if you handle a lizard and it doesn't shit on you, then you've got no more salmonella on you than you would from handling a piece of produce, which should tell you something about A, the cleanliness of a lizard, and B, the dirtiness of your normal produce. So, they spend all their time you know, running around, scurrying about, but they don't really spend a lot of time scurrying around on their own shit unless you cage them.
0: Whereas, yeah, so, if, so he does make party. a valid argument there that we should probably not be buying from California since I mean I wouldn't Florence buy from California largely in general
1: because of California and uh, you know it it, does, I don't, it doesn't need to be an illegal shitting on their food over there because I, it's you just have all the homeless anyway. So I, I don't trust a truck driving out of California, let alone the people that are pulling stuff out of the ground.
0: Yeah, well, that is a thing.
1: But again, so this, what this should also tell you is that, I mean, as much as I like going out there and being able to pull leaves directly off the plant and eat them, I know that there's a risk to that. And I make sure to do things like look for animal poop on my food. Um, you know... I also know things like if I see animal poop on my food above where I'm pulling food from, that's going to have animal poop on it because water goes down from where the animal poop is.
0: Well, yeah, so, you should probably be washing your vegetables anyway, but Right. Nonetheless, and, it would be nice <laughs> if, you know, these things were handled a little bit better.
1: Right. You know, I mean, again, again though, I am because I keep my garden the way it is, I am capable of going out there and significant portions of it, I can pull something off of it and take a bite out of it and not have a problem. So, there's something to be said about being able to do that, sure. you know That's as raw as it gets, blah blah blah, put all the woo woo and foof on it you want, doesn't matter. Point, of, you know, that's this is another dose makes the poison moment, if you will. You know, um, uh, uh, a few different bacteriums are not going to give you um, full-blown salmonellosis. But, you know, enough of them will. So, you know, all things in moderation kind of deal. You don't want to have an entire salad without washing it, but you can have a couple of leaves and you're fine. You can have a a single piece of fruit and you're fine. You know, make sure there's nothing nothing stuck to it rubbing the apple off on your shirt to make sure you got the grime off of it, right? So there's that, but you should be washing your fruit. You should be washing your vegetables, especially the ones that are curly. If you have curly leaf lettuce, that stuff loves to hold on to things like salmonella and listeria. Listeria is more from the dirt. So things, for instance, making sure you cook your potatoes thoroughly. Um, eating raw potato is a thing by the way, but if you're going to eat raw potato, then don't eat the skin, which is an unfortunate thing because that's where a lot of the different minerals are. Whereas the bulk of it does contain vitamin C, which most people don't think about. That's actually one of the major advantages of potatoes. It's, it has a lot of vitamin C in it and I think vitamin A too.
0: Yeah, I don't know the actual, uh, nutritional content of potatoes just off the top of my head.
1: Well, so the skin has... More well, the although mineral. I do know
0: that, yeah. The skin is where, like, most of the nutrients in potatoes well, are it's,
1: it's not most of the nutrients, it's most of the mineral content.
0: Oh, yeah, meat. sorry. No, most oh. of the nutrients are in the meat. That's, like, you know, your fun. calories and all but but again,
1: that. Again, so if you want to say, like, nutrient per unit mass, the skin still tastes the lead, yes. But the skin isn't a whole lot of the, the uh, tuber, so I mean, there's also bad. Yeah, that's one of the things I've done this year is potatoes. And i got to tell you, fantastic. (coughs) I was given two small bags of potatoes and said, you know, make some more, basically. I said, okay. So I've got a planter bed and then um, six grow bags uh, that have potatoes in them.
0: And all said, um, you know, we've discussed this before with some of the uh, hydroponic and aquaponic solutions. You could actually make completely food safe end to end products. This is one, really this is one to.
1: to do. So potatoes are one that I would love to try aeroponics. Um, I know we talked about aeroponics with Steve before. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of being able to miss, so the coolest thing about doing hydroponic and aeroponic with potatoes is you can steal the potatoes as they grow off the tuber off the off the Stalins. You can uh, take the tubers off the Stalins and, and, um, so potatoes, I think it's probably really hard to perennialize a potato because they're they're annuals basically everywhere. You base they will die that year, you know. Um, but if you did aeroponics right and you did the lighting right, I bet you there's a way to perennialize and maintain a potato plant, and that would be something that'd be really cool because if you can maintain a potato plant through multiple years and it doesn't have to last forever you know like like five years whatever Like if you can maintain it multiple years like that's a lot of you don't understand like quite how many potatoes come off potato plant until the first flower shows up and you see this stuff start poking out of the ground and then you like you you, you well I, I mean now I grow things a little differently I tend to do like high de- uh, high nutrient intensity. So they, they grow a little differently in my circumstance. But just like the fact that I can reach in. I have pulled out way more potatoes than I put in the ground already. And there's a shit ton more still on the ground. Like just massive amount.
0: Yeah, it might just be a matter of uh, slicing up your main potato. and.
1: Well, yeah, like you, so I, I already have it out every in once while. in a while. I already have a seed potato out of it. And like, so I'm going to have, actually, this will be a time I can tell you now. Uh, I won't be available this coming weekend. (coughs) Uh, with family in town. Sure. Okay. Um, but that's one of the things I think I'm going to do with the kids. Um, is, is I've, I we've got enough potatoes. I may as well, um, take a couple of the grow bags and yank them, you know, let the kids have their fun pulling potatoes out of the ground and have that experience. um, and and these are these are basically half filled grow bags, so it's about five gallons of, of dirt that you have to be able to sift through, which is not much uh to do. I mean, actually it's about a third dirt and then about a sixth um uh cypress mix uh wood chips that are covering things up uh to mulch in. Like they could just dig around on that and then I've already got one seed potato, but I mean we could get more or we could use a couple of the ones we pull out mm-hmm. of the ground, whatever. Sure enough, I mean it. It's these are actually these are early season potatoes too. So the thing is, like when it flowers, you can get potatoes out of the ground. I mean, you could dig up the plant if you want, but that's wasteful. Uh, You can, if you spade around just a little bit, you'll find. You basically just poke. In my case, I poke my finger in about uh, a maybe a centimeter, half an inch, and I'll find a potato. And then I'll end up finding like fucking ten potatoes. That same exact manner. Well, there you go. So, and they're all you know already the size of my fucking fist.
0: Oh, nice! Well, sounds like I have a pretty good potato yeah. haul then.
1: Yes, I got way too many potatoes. Um, but I, it's just you know, like could, it's it's uh, thankfully these are really easy to grow. But fresh potatoes, I got to tell you, very different from uh, from from having them sit in a shelf for a month or two on I the way down
0: I haven't actually had a fresh uh, like white potato I've only yeah. had fresh yams but there's a very big difference definitely
1: so the um, so I'm growing reds and yellows um, and they're early season so the season it's either like it's somewhere between 60 and 90 days or 60 120 days is roughly the season length um, so early seasons are, are closer to 60 and then you can work out the rest. Uh, they do have medium and long season. And the thing about these these, you know, I planted them a uh, few months ago. So they're well past the part where they should be making good potatoes. What you can do is you can take some potatoes out of the ground. Those are basically your harvest potatoes. And I, I get to learn these nomenclature recently because I, you know, look up when the hell I'm supposed to get these things out of the ground. So I like it's been long enough and some of them are just coming out of the ground on their own. So I'm trying to figure out, should I take the plant or not? Um, and then, the, uh, if you let them grow, if you let them keep going until they die, the ones that are in the ground are called storage potatoes. Then you, you let the thing die and then you wait a couple weeks for them to um, harden up in the ground. And what they do in the ground during that time is they thicken their skin up. They're not actually drying out, they're thickening up their skin. Um, and then you can pull them out of the ground. And, and I can already tell you, having I mean, taken out a few so far. Yeah, the skin's very fragile when you pull them out of the ground while the plant's still alive. Um, so that that whole process, I think, is probably totally going to be worth it. But then again, I mean, I have... So the planter bed, I'm sure, is going. It's probably getting packed in. And, you know, they start to grow against each other. Um, and usually they're okay when they do that. But if they get too much of a flat space between them, if they cram in... They can either damage each other, or they can trap stuff that starts to rot the potato. And a lot of the rot that I've seen that I pull out of the ground, because I, I, because of the intensity of the nutrient that requires pretty consistent watering, so they're in moist ground. It's it's well draining, in it but it is moist. Um, so there is that consideration. Um, it's basically potting soil. Um, because of that nature, I you know one of the worries I had was rotting. And everything that's come out of the ground so far hasn't had any rot to it. The original potatoes, um, you know, I poked my finger down to see where the, the, the root ball is and so on. The original potatoes are completely gone. Hmm. Um, so they they've they're growing well. No, that's good. Uh, although I, I do I should fertilize them I think, tomorrow. <coughs> but th- yeah, but, but still, I, I, I've been able to make my own French fries. Um, Well, I mean, my own rosemary and garlic fries, basically. Uh, Like, just just wedge fries. Nothing fancy. But, you know, just uh, with olive oil on a pan in the oven. uh, It's like a light fry, a light frying. Um, So they're not deep fried fries, like out of a vat. So they're not that uh, variety of flavorful, but very tasty. Very crisp, too, from just so fresh. Um, I would imagine. The, the meat inside is very tough uh, at that point. So, like, the baking, you have to go just a little bit longer. Had to do, like, 35, 40 minutes. Um, but it works out pretty well. Although, I think in, the next time I do it, I'm going to par-bake them first. I'm going to give them, like, a solid 20 minutes of baking just in olive oil before I put the seasoning on because it has to take so long.
0: Hmm. Well, well, you to well, like, a like, a twice-bake kind of effect, too, which isn't necessarily a bad thing.
1: Well, so, I mean... I'm for par baking, I'm gonna pull it out, season it, and throw it right back in. There's it's not gonna, not gonna be a chance to cool down and have that cycling. Hmm. But the Probably, uh, okay, so I, I mean, I tried to use, I tried to give it some scallions the once, and the scallions that survived <laughs> that didn't come out just black were caramelized well and tasty, but the rest of them were basically just carbon at that point. So. I mean, and, you know, I had greens that I put on top at the very end, which made it look a little bit fancier and all. But you know, it certainly covered up a lot of the mistake that I made of putting in uh, green onion and and letting it sit for about thirty-five minutes at, in a uh, boiling oil.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see how that would probably not be the most. So
1: I, I'm thinking twenty minutes without any other seasonings would be a smart idea, and then I can I can douse everything else on there. And the last time I I did chopped garlic instead of powdered and uh, and that, that worked out a little nicer, but again, I had kind of the same problem where the garlic goes a little bit overdone. Still very tasty and flavorful because I, I uh, chopped it up from a clove, but eh. Um, I'll say also this. I, this year, I didn't put any in the ground. Uh, I was just trying to see like how it, how it sprouts and how it grows out. Uh, I did take a, a clove from the store and uh, sprout it. Uh, so garlic is very easy to do that with, you know, a little bit of patience and it just does its own thing. I also tried with three potatoes from the store, three Idaho's and they did not do well. I think I haven't, so they also have green on the surface. I mean like little green sprouts, mm-hmm. they just aren't going anywhere. And I think I'd have to rinse them consistently to leach out. Whatever, whatever inhibitor they've used is very effective
0: yeah, I've found that with um store-bought garlic, too.
1: So that's the thing, is I was able to get the garlic to go very easily.
0: Well, I can anyway, get the I garlic had, started, but I can never get that stuff to actually grow once I try and do something. So,
1: with it. so my mother told me, you know, don't do the garlic or the onions, because they put inhibitor on that So, I mean, I, and I took, I've taken garlic and onions from the store and sprouted them and had them grow fine. And it didn't take much. The potatoes, though... They'd gone, so I took three potato. I was house-sitting, and I took three potatoes that had been clearly gone green, hanging out on the counter. I said, okay, these are my tests. You know, I've, I've got these other potatoes, I put them in the ground, they're doing their thing. I got these three store potatoes, we'll see what happens. You know, these are, these are Idaho's, these aren't, um, these aren't the kind of potato that's supposed to grow very easily down here, but they should still sprout just fine. Sure. Uh, if, they're, if they're gonna. So I left them out, and I, you know, I gave them good sun. I have one that's outside in the sunlight sunlight. I have one that's hanging out in the back porch with a bleak light, which is more like you're supposed to kind of give them if you want them to do sprouts. And I had one that I had kept inside for a while, and nothing. So, I mean, I haven't I, – I, so I left actually – so the one that was inside, the one that had been out inside in, like, kind of the shade, I put them both outside in a place I would get hit by a sprinkler routinely. Still nothing. So I think whatever is in whatever is in there is either done its damage or it's uh, it's got some real staying power. And needs like a, a proper soaking to leach out. You know, it's not just surface level. Now, what I haven't tried also is taking the um, like one of the smaller potatoes from the store, like the um, um, like the, the the red and the yellows. that I'm using my little brother. Uh, he's over in California, uh, and he. He uh he, he just he had a potato that had gone you know gone green had some sprouts and he just put it in the ground and it grew a whole potato plant no problem, um, and I think that that's I think it's just a matter of the uh of of the the ideal climate for it to grow in and then whatever inhibitor is being used it might be a species specific thing, you know Idaho potatoes are are pretty different to the potatoes that grow most commonly in Florida
0: I would imagine. Pretty um, I mean, different climate.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and you know how, how they grow and and what kind of if some, whatever inhibitor they use must be particularly effective. I think down here because they aren't stored, they probably aren't stored nearly as long down here. Um, I mean, so down here you you're going to store at most like a few months because uh, we our growing season is basically all year. I mean, we right. got like a month. We got like a month where you're going to have to store. Um, so you might be storing for a couple months just uh, to uh, hedge, hedge the unevenness in the market, so to speak. And then let the early varieties populate back in on your shelves. So we don't need really much in the way of inhibitors down here because you can see can if you take a storage potato. So the one you left in the ground that grew a thicker skin and you pull it out of the ground, you don't you don't wash it off. You leave it in, kind of caked in dirt and then you put it in a cold, dry place. Yeah, are, are cool. Um, well, so not like bone dry, but like a cool place out of light. It will store for like six plus months. Easy. So, since so we don't need that, and it's, it's very easy to get by down here without having to worry about things like inhibitors. I think that's just an expense most farmers aren't going to bother with. And you kind of have to leave a potato out for multiple days for that green to really set in strong, like one day is going to be probably fine. I mean, even in, in decent sunlight. So they're not really worried about that at harvest time either. Um, you may as well just kind of leave the inhibitor part out of it. But the Idaho potatoes go all over the country. And I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a locality thing. You know, Maybe Florida potatoes leaving the state get inhibitors sprayed on that. I don't know about. Yeah, but in any event point being here you know the Idaho potatoes there was nothing uh no no activity there again though it's weird
0: it's just a... like what
1: it's it's there's like that you, you just look at it and there's that hope that it will do something but it's done nothing
0: hmm oh, that's pretty
1: cool. yeah we're growing potatoes this time around i got some onions in um, I've I've got scallions in the ground, like the ground ground. Uh, but I I did that since last year. Those those survive the winter just fine.
0: Yeah, uh, I have, all I have is some wild onions, but
1: wild they're onions are good
0: Really too. good. So
1: they're tasty. Yeah. So as
0: I, I will make you, use of them.
1: As long as you know that they're wild onions. So wild. So it's 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 interesting. Wild onions taste a bit like garlic, and wild garlic tastes a bit like onion. Hmm. I mean, they're basically the same thing as the thing. Like, they're they're all grasses. Um, but it's it's interesting that they've got that the flavors start to cross over when they're not so specialized out into the way that they're grown.
0: Well, it it intuitively it uh, it makes sense, but just to look at it quickly, it doesn't. You know, because right. you know we look at the origin of wheat, and that's. Not the wheat we have today.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so here's the thing: is as you can look. So if you look at a weed growing out of the ground, <clears> a <throat> grass weed, and you look at the seed structure, it looks like wheat, but like you know, eight inches tall. It's like, well, there's a reason for that. Oh sure, yeah. And you can make bread out of that if you really felt like it. You shouldn't.
0: <laughs> Probably not going to be the tastiest bread
1: it'd probably be okay it'd just be a huge pain in the ass to do it because the, the seed volume to husk volume ratio mm. is so far off what you get out of something like a decent uh, red wheat or uh, or winter wheat
0: yeah, probably, probably not, a, probably not probably. as good of a um, haul yeah. uh, as you might say now we've been on here way, way past your bedtime, so we should probably start wrapping oh, up as must. best we can.
1: Yeah, we should do that.
0: So uh, we do like to close with a bit of good news. So we'll start off with we'll start off with the bad news that uh, defaults <laughs> to good news because this one's coming from Jim Cramer, and it is a warning. Jim Cramer, of course, <laughs> says that Tesla's Cybertruck is a quote toy for Elon Musk fanboys, and is also the uh, quote ugliest truck he has ever seen so i would say that uh based on the inverse kramer you're you're looking at the Cybertruck as an absolute winner
1: what about the pelosi index has she invested in them
0: oh i i think that uh, the pelosis are still well invested in tesla despite the fact that it's the only electric car maker that isn't getting government subsidies huh you
1: know it's funny he didn't take the money to uh, to just keep the satellites up for Ukraine either.
0: Yeah, probably a
1: good reason for
0: that. Yeah, it could be. You don't. Uh...
1: Now, the subsidy thing is really funny because that boils down to dealerships being hugely upset that he's doing direct to customer.
0: Well, among other things, but yeah.
1: That's that's the main that's the main driver behind uh, subsidies not going to Tesla in most places. Now, whether or not he would accept them at this point, that seems like an interesting question. That he would, that he could articulate on his uh, his favorite social media platform, but then he'd probably get called out by the uh, 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 SEC on uh, on fucking with stock prices. You
0: know? and they do like to uh, call him out on that whenever they get a chance. So I've got another uh, another piece of good news. Uh, depending on where you're listening from, that would be that Binance allows the uh, paying of deposits with uh, Russian credit cards. So, you know, there you go. Sanctions working as intended.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of which, oh, uh, buddy of mine, so not Max Sand, but his uh, his brother, the one you might have known of is Max Sand uh, before. Um, so he's gotten himself a, a crypto coin he's uh he's put together hmm. I'm still not entirely sure what he's doing with it yet
0: no I see that it's doing gangbusters though
1: but it is so well here's the thing is is part of that uh so part of that I think is due to the the limited things that it, you can trade it for um doing well
0: okay. that's not a
1: bad thing that still means no. it's doing well it's just like yeah, it's, it's like the Bitcoin effect where, where everybody used to say, yeah, Litecoin's up. It's like, that's because Bitcoin's up. It's the only thing people cared about at the time. So I think it's kind of the same thing. His is based off of uh, the Binance coin uh, of some variety. But you, you just reminded me because of the Binance thing. But his his uh, token is uh, PTC. It's the Prosperity Truth Coalition. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing with it yet. But uh, he, it's... He does have some interesting concepts. He's dealing with on reflections, uh, which is a, a way of um, distributing tokens. Um, so there's like a, if so there's a, a maximum. So it's it's got some safeties against whales trying to do transfers. You know, it's a game system, so it's not. It'd be really hard to pump and dump something like this. That's one of the things that I do like about it so far. Is that it's. It's got this way of uh, preventing things from being gamed very easily. Um, Unless you want to sacrifice a significant amount of of, uh, the token you're trying to pull out of it. I do have some reservations on it, but I think that it's going to be fine.
0: Hmm. Well, it might be something to look into for any interested uh, tuner-inners.
1: You know, it'd be really cool for it to hit a penny, let alone a dollar. Um, sure. But it's, it's way below that already, um, but it's way above where it started. So uh, it's got a decent number of holders. Um, more would be better, but there aren't too many right now. But it's it's still fairly niche. But again, I, th- I know he's doing more with it. There's some more smart contracts he's putting together. I think he's got a couple that are under uh, review right now. Uh, you know, it's just <laughs> make sure the devs didn't do anything dumb. And, that would be uh, really funny to see other wax coin. That
0: would be fun. Let me get the direct link to this story if I can find it. Okay, so uh, another fun piece of news is that Netflix is uh, being taken to court. Uh, They're being sued, actually, uh, by an Egyptian lawyer for um, misrepresentation of Cleopatra. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, That's actually, like, literally just dropped in the last few days, but it'll be hilarious, I have no doubt. So we'll just kind of keep an eye on that as things go.
1: Well, as you know, Netflix decided that Cleopatra is African, black African, as Mm -hmm. a
0: Sub Saharan. Oh, well, as Uh, they do.
1: and she she definitely had a Greek origin. <laughs> uh, um, just they, they radically fucked that up. Um, and, and, you know they've like, well, it's only half of the lineage has been traced. Like, no, 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 no. The whole lineage is traced, and there's a a really dumb theory about the maternal side that is totally not true.
0: Or was uh, was they was Kang's?
1: Well, I mean, she was a queen, so there's mm-hmm. that.
0: Wow, how about that?
1: But I don't think it was a, a they was situation. Um, Cleopatra was, you know, an import queen, and she was not a Nubian. <laughs> no. In any sense of it.
0: And also, she was and apparently known for uh, not necessarily her good looks, but her striking looks, which is something striking, that a lot of people... fair want. looks.
1: Fair, in this case, does not mean justice.
0: Yeah, but either way, it was um It's funny and it's going to be funny and we'll keep an eye on it because it's going to probably involve much uh, screaming and gnashing of teeth by the people who are generally hilarious when they do so. So, you well, know, provided there as long is uh, it will require everyone
1: pull out their fucking shotguns again, you know. As long as we don't have uh firefighters struggling to pull kids out of burning buildings, you know, and then failing We don't need another summer
0: of love. Here, oh, yeah, I thought you were making an ATF reference. Oh, right. No, they didn't try and pull them out. Right. So that wouldn't be an ATF reference. They just let them right. burn to death. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, oh, the other piece of good news. Uh, Germany has completed its transition from disgusting, awful nuclear power to uh, entirely now, I believe, at this time. They're running on clean coal technology.
1: It's not clean. I mean, this isn't like it's not even the retrofitted kind of clean.
0: No, no, no. It's actually like the worst coal that you can use on the market with like really, <laughs> really, really, really old coal furnaces.
1: It's the ones that were shut down because they couldn't retrofit them. <sighs> That's smart.
0: So you did it, Greta. No,
1: that means it was un- it was not economically viable to retrofit. Which means that it's possible they probably could retrofit them. It's just that it costs more.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might be economically viable now.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not economically viable while they're running. So um, that's a consideration they're going to have to make.
0: Well, hey, maybe they could uh, spin up some of the, the uh, natural... Oh, yeah, natural gas plants are kind of... Hmm. Well,
1: they're just more expensive now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, something uh, happened to their natural gas supply, I heard. Some uh, some asshole went and did something to their yeah, pipeline. Jerry
1: and decided to start another world war over him.
0: Yeah, it yeah, seems like that's uh, about it. About it in a nutshell. So yeah, there's plenty of more bad news I could share. I'm just gonna opt not to because there's shitloads of bad news, and we're just gonna close on a high note. So
1: well, uh, here's another high note for you. Sure. I mean, you saw the stuff I put I put into the. Um, The uh, show ideas. I think you might have seen it. So the AlphaCell.com. There's that uh, study that was done, and uh, looks like vaccines are doing exactly what they should, and imparting immunity that is superior to naturally uh, naturally acquired humoral when it comes to CD4, CD8 T cell response. So, if there's a breakthrough infection, post-acquired immunity, if you got your acquired immunity from a vaccine, you have a more robust and more rapid response.
0: Well, I will include the link to it. Uh, I don't uh, endorse or uh, anything, because uh, I personally data, have to be quite I'm a sure lot of it. You. And, you know, I don't trust the source, so that's what it is.
1: Sure.
0: But that'll be included for anyone that's interested to look into it as well. All right, with that being said, um, of course, you can find Craig, CraigBob99, pretty much everywhere. You can find me. I'm Evan, if somehow you didn't know that, at that fake guy Dan, everywhere, except Facebook, because I don't like robot lizards. Well, actually, I don't have a problem with robot lizards. It's just when they want to take over the world, you know.
1: When they're human size.
0: Yeah, exactly. The so, small
1: ones up on are great.
0: Yeah, they're okay. They're <laughs> kind of cute, even. You know, especially if they got laser eyes. That's adorable. Miniature laser eyes are awesome.
1: You're just making me think of that movie. <laughs> the fucking toy soldiers. That uh, toy soldier. There you go.
0: Mm, that is a classic. <laughs> a little bit ham-fisted in its... uh
1: oh, dated now. Dated,
0: well. sure. And ham-fisted also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. Either way, though it uh, been a pleasure, and uh, thanks for showing up. We'll have something again, uh, maybe again, not over the weekend, but, you know, maybe a little late in the week, or something. We'll figure it out. Either way, thanks for stopping by. Tell everyone everywhere to listen. We need to get to 100 listeners on Spotify, and preferably within the next f- four or five weeks, I think. so.
1: Why is it that we need that?
0: 60-day uh, time limit. I'm not sure. It might be a running 60-day time, but I'm assuming it's 60 days from the time that I was given the notice. So
1: This is something that you should probably tell people, like the why.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Do listen on Spotify so that we can get back into their advertiser program. And uh, if you're at all familiar with these things, if you're in the advertiser program, your stuff moves more easily because it makes them money. So help me help them make money so that they can make me more money. And Craig. And uh, Steve, too. If all goes well, you know.
1: Where's my money? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, be well. Be safe. We'll talk to you again soon.